0: I hope you'll remember those in prayer this week. Um, again, the Nesters, uh, Dad's Surgery, the Miller family, and then Wendell McGinnis and Steve McCrill for salvation. Okay? Um, all right, so let's take our Bibles this morning. I know, uh, of course, last week we had our family conference, and then um, the week before that, um, we weren't able to get back to this uh, topic we were dealing with um, about baptism. And we're looking at um, John's baptism and Jesus's, uh, or John's Baptist, John the Baptist and his baptism, and then of course uh, baptism dealing with the New Testament baptism today. Okay, um, so just kind of a kind of a brief recap here, and then we'll kind of get more into it. Um, because again, today there, obviously there, there is a lot of confusion, um, about baptism and things. A lot of religions teach that baptism helps to bring salvation, uh, helps save somebody. Um, baptism is like the completion of salvation. You get saved, but then you're really saved once you're baptized and it completes everything. And so, um, there, there is a lot of confusion about baptism. And so, um, when we look at the Bible here, um, Uh, Again, the word baptism, when we think about it, it usually brings in thoughts of identifying with Christ's uh, death, burial, and resurrection, right? And that's that's what we would teach. In fact, today there are going to be some that are going to be getting baptized. And when they stand in the baptistry, as they stand there, that is a picture of the death of Jesus Christ when they are placed under the water. It is a picture of the burial of Jesus Christ. And then when they come up out of the water, it's a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So it's a picture of his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, um, so, but the thing we have to understand is baptism, when John comes baptizing, okay, this was not, this wasn't something new to the Jews. It's not like they would never heard of baptism before, okay? Okay. Um, and it, it wasn't, baptism isn't something that just began with John the Baptist and with Jesus, and so that's some new thing, no. Um, for years, even before Christ, the Jews um, used baptism rituals in, in cleansing ceremonies. They were done um, in, in ceremonies um, of Gentile proselytes, when a Gentile would, would want to convert to Judaism, Um, there would be a baptism that took place. Um, It was called a, and and some of you may have remembered it, and some of you, I think, maybe even tried to look it up and things, but it's called a mikveh bath, right? It's called a mikveh bath. And the mikveh bath would, um, and even today, they still do, the Jews still have mikveh baths, and you can go to these places where you can maybe... Maybe a young man, it's, you know, going to go for his bar mitzvah or maybe it's before one of the feasts that's about to come up and they will still go um, into these mikveh baths, right? And again, when they go in, again, the whole purpose is, you know, it's, it's the whole body. So when they go in, it's, it's kind of like a, a mini pool that they, I'm talking about what they use today. It's kind of like a mini pool and they will go in and they completely submerge themselves in this mikveh bath and then come out, okay? Um, so again, this was, this was something that the Jews were accustomed to, they, they understood uh, or they, they were familiar with this, this baptism that, um, this complete submersion in water, okay? They were familiar with that because it was, again, it was a picture of a cleansing, right? Um, In fact, today, if you, I was doing some research on them, if you go, if you want to go and use a McVeigh bath, um, they'll actually take you to a room where you have to, guess what you have to do before you go into the McVeigh bath? You actually have to take a shower, (laughs) right? You have to take a shower and wash, and they want you clean before you actually get into the water, all right? So it's, they're not, it's not like this water is somehow cleaning you. It's, it's, it's a ceremony, right? It's, it's, a, it's, just, uh, it's a ceremonial ritual that's being done, okay? So John the Baptist took baptism and then applied it to the Jews themselves, right? It wasn't just the, the Gentiles who needed cleansing as, as they would come into Judaism, but also even Jews themselves uh, would need to be cleansed. And so again, when you go back to Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, notice in verse number 5. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, right? So here they come. They're coming out and they're being baptized by John. Now, again, here's where a lot of confusion comes in. It says they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, So they say, well this baptism must have been for salvation. No, the baptism was not for salvation, okay? Water cannot save you, right? Just performing a ritual does not save you, okay? What they were doing was as they heard, what was John's message in verse number two? Repent ye. His message wasn't baptize ye, it was repent, right? Repent of your sin, right? That's what his message was. Repent, 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 right? Turn from your sin. And the baptism was simply the picture or the the ceremony, the symbol, showing their willingness to repent of their sin, okay? And so we find this, and then, of course, what happens, verse number 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So even the religious leaders come out and he said, what are you guys doing here? And notice what he says. Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. What's he saying? You guys haven't repented. There's, there's no purpose for you to, get to to follow this ritual of baptism because you haven't repented. So bring forth fruit of repentance. In other words, show that you are repenting of your sin. Now, the religious leaders didn't think they were sinful, they didn't think they needed to repent. Remember the Pharisee that went into the, the, the temple and he said, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this sinner over here. I mean, I fast twice in a week and I give tithes and I do this and I do that. He's like, I'm not like that sinner over there. You see, they didn't, rec- they didn't see themselves as sinners, right? But many of the people did. And when they confessed their sin, they said, yes, we're sinners and we need salvation, Right, they would confess their sin, and then of course they would get baptized. Okay, so the baptism that John performed had a specific purpose. Okay, again, notice in verse number eleven here, Matthew chapter three, John says, "I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire." So again, John mentions the purpose of the baptism here. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, okay? And then Paul, again, Paul affirms this. When you go back to uh, Acts chapter 19, go with me to Acts chapter 19. And again, notice what Paul is saying here. Notice how he is affirming John's baptism, then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus, right? So John is preaching, and he's saying, look, you're, I'm preparing you for the one who is going to come, right? John's whole purpose was preparing them to believe on the one who is going to come. On the Messiah. Of course, at at this point, when John is baptizing and when John is teaching, Jesus has not made himself known yet as the Messiah, right? He hasn't started yet, okay? That's going to come a little bit later. And so John is simply teaching and he's preparing them to believe on the one who is going to come. And that's that's what even Paul says. Paul says this is what John did. He said, John, verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus, right? So again, John's baptism had to do with repentance, but it was a symbolic representation of that changing one's mind and going in a new direction. They were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins, Right? being baptized by john demonstrated a recognition of their sin they admitted that they were sinners and a desire to be cleansed spiritually they wanted to be cleansed spiritually and it was a commitment to follow that one that john said is coming after him right it was not they were not being baptized for salvation okay baptism has never saved anybody, baptism can never save anybody, right? So John is saying, look, I'm preaching repentance, repent of your sins. They said, John, we have repented, we understand, we acknowledge we're sinners, and we, we want to follow the one that you're talking about. So there is an acknowledging of their sin, right, and their, their desire to be cleansed, and so they would allow John to baptize them in this this picture, right, that is a picture of cleansing, believing in the one who is going to come after him on this Messiah. And of course, Paul tells us very clearly that that is on Jesus Christ, okay? But again, there were some like the Pharisees who came to the Jordan. Um, They were observing, but who had no desire to step in the water themselves. They had no desire to repent of their sins, and so John rebukes them, right? He rebukes them very sharply. In fact, he says, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He says, what are you, what are you doing here? You have no desire to repent. You have, what is your purpose of being here, right? And that's why he says, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance. So even the religious leaders needed to repent of their sin. John's telling them you need to repent, but they chose not to. They chose not to repent, right? So our baptism today, what we would say Christian baptism or the baptism um, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, again, it symbolizes repentance. Before a person ever gets in the water to be baptized, someone has talked to them and made sure that they have understood that they have put their faith in Christ, right? No one ever gets baptized In our church, without ever talking with someone and making sure that they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Okay? Um, Because again, baptism does not save anyone. It cannot save anyone. Okay? So it symbolizes repentance, it symbolizes cleansing, and that commitment to follow Jesus Christ. Right? Uh, I was talking to, there's a couple young people that are going to get baptized today, and I was talking to them this week their dad, and they were sitting there, and I, I, I asked them, I said, so tell me, what, what is baptism to you? What is, what is baptism to you? And this young lady, she said, I want to tell everybody that I am following Jesus. That's it, <laughs> right? I mean, that's it. She said, I, I want to tell, it's, it's to tell everybody that I have chosen to follow Jesus as my Savior. That's that's what it is, right? It is that public testimony. Again, that that water in there does not wash away any sin. It does not cleanse anybody spiritually, right? I don't even know if that water in there would cleanse anybody physically, but (laughs) beside that, right? Um, It doesn't cleanse anybody spiritually, okay? It doesn't wash away any sin. They have made that decision to repent beforehand, right? They've accepted Jesus Christ, and now they're identifying with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They're making that, they're telling people they have committed to follow Jesus Christ, right? Um, and so through Christ, through, through now as Christians, there is a little bit different emphasis. Now it's not on wanting to believe in the one who has come, or who is going to come, now it's we have believed in the one who has already come, right? John is trying to point them forward to the Messiah, to Jesus, okay? We are simply pointing people back to Jesus, right? That's what we're telling, ta- Jesus is the only, only one that can save you, right? Jesus, the, the one who, his, his death, burial, and resurrection, he died on the cross. He's the only one that can save you, Right? so as John was trying to point people to Jesus to come we are pointing people to Jesus who has already come and that is the only way they can be saved right so Christian baptism is a mark of one's identification with the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ okay Um, again people say well John must have been you know in John's baptism he was showing the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ no there was no death, burial, and resurrection of Christ at this point. They didn't even know that Jesus was going to be crucified, right? That, that's not it, okay? Um, now, after his death, burial, and resurrection, yes, we do see that through the baptism, okay? Um, and, and, but again, we want to we make sure that we're keeping everything in context here, okay? Yes, we can look back and we can say, well, well, you know, baptism is a picture of a death, burial, and resurrection, so John must have been trying to show that picture as well. John knew nothing about the crucifixion. Nobody knew anything about the crucifixion. Nobody knew that Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross, right? Um, nobody knew that he was going to be buried and three days later he was going to rise again. They didn't know that. Now, he tried to tell them that, right? In John chapter three, what did he say? As Moses is lifted up, in the wilderness, so even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, right? He's trying to tell them about that. He says, as Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. He's trying to show them what's going to happen, right? But that's why, even after his death, the disciples, what are they doing? They think it's all they think hope is lost. Jesus has died. And even when the ladies come back and tell him, Hey, he's alive. What did they say? You're crazy, right? They wouldn't believe him, okay? So now, after his deathbed and resurrection, it is a picture of that, right? Um, It is that, it's a representative of a cleansing that is complete, Jesus Christ completely washes away our sin and that commitment um, in in following Jesus Christ in this new life that he has given to us, okay? Again, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross completely washes away our sins, and we are raised to new life empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? That takes place the moment a person puts their faith in Christ, not when they get baptized. Yeah, Brother Dennis? So, when you and I originally had this conversation, it centered around Acts chapter 2. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, they ask and the brethren, what shall we do? And Peter responds to them in verse 38. Repent. Mm-hmm. And the sentence structure kind of. Right. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. For the remission of sins, mm-hmm. We have Christian churches. Right. Well, again, I think you have to understand what is, what is taking place, okay? One, the very first thing that I mentioned, Acts is what? Transition. It's a transitional book, okay? There's a tra- it, Acts is transitioning from this, the Old Testament to the New Testament, okay? So when Peter says, and, and we're going to get to this here, when he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we have to take things in, in, in perspective here, right? What is the first thing that he says to do? Repent, right? And then you'll notice right after the word repent, there is a punctuation mark. What is the punctuation mark? It's a comma. and that, there's, And then after the comma, there is some more words, and then there's also another comma at the end of what most people use to try to teach baptism for salvation, right? So repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this is where they confuse um, baptism for salvation and baptism for receiving the Holy Ghost. They also say that's, that's when you receive the Holy Spirit, right? At baptism is when you receive the Holy Ghost okay now the very first thing we always have to do is we have to take scripture and just let scripture speak for itself okay when does a person get saved what does the bible teach us when is a person truly saved what's that when they accept jesus christ right in, in Romans chapter 10, he says, With the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Baptism anywhere in that at all. No. In verse number 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Baptism anywhere in that at all. John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Baptism anywhere in that at all. So you have all these other passages where the Bible very clearly tells somebody how to be saved and what salvation is, right? And baptism is nowhere near it, okay? So we have to, number one, settle what salvation is, okay? And then we have to look at what he's saying here. There is a sentence structure, so if you take out between those two commas, if you just take out that part between the two commas here, what does it say? Repent and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Right? Well, that sounds very familiar. What if we go to Acts chapter 10? In Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10, while Peter is preaching to Cornelius, who is a Gentile, right Cornelius is a Gentile those in his house are Gentiles the Jews were confused about salvation they didn't think that Gentiles could be saved they thought it was only for Jews so Peter is preaching here to the Gentiles and it says in verse 44 while Peter yet spake these words the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word so you have these who are listening they're believing what Peter says and all of a sudden the Bible says the Holy Ghost fell on them. Were they baptized? No. Because notice what Peter says next, right? In verse number 47, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? So did they receive the Holy Ghost before they were baptized, or is Peter saying they need to be baptized to receive the Holy Ghost? What's he saying? They've already received him. And he says, now that now we know that they're saved. We know these Gentiles have put their faith in Christ. And so now they should follow the Lord and believers baptism. And yet they've already received the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the very moment when a person accepts Christ as their savior, they're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Okay. So, again, coming back here to to Acts chapter 2. Where were we at here? I went too far. In Acts chapter 2, repent. That's that's the first thing, right? Then, what's the second thing? They'd be baptized. And baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, right? So, again... And in in our English language, there are some words that can have, same word, have two different meanings, right? Same word can have two different meanings, okay? If if you were to, and I don't even know if they do this anymore at the post office, but that was kind of the old thing, you know. If you went into the post office, you, you would see all the wanted posters, right? Do they even put wanted posters up anymore in post offices? I don't know. Anyway. But, you know, the old, you know, the old TV show, you know, that, was, that was always, you know, anybody watch Andy Griffith, right? Barney, man, he loved, he, his wanted posters had to be just so. Remember the time when the postmaster comes in and he's like, hey, I'll, I'll trade you you two, two, uh, two thieves for a, a manslayer or something over here. He's like trying to trade the wanted posters, right? That was, that was great, right, Barney? Um, but when you had these wanted posters up there, what does it say? If somebody has committed murder and this wanted poster is up there, what does it say? Wanted for murder. You guys are really asleep this morning, right? It's wanted for murder. So that means they're trying to find this guy so that he can commit a murder. Right? No? Oh, you mean it's the other four. He is wanted, why? Because he has already committed a murder. Same word, two very different meanings, right? Watch what he says. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins not to have your sins forgiven but what because your sins are forgiven your sins have when you put your faith when you repented then your sins are forgiven so when you repent then the next step is to be baptized because your sins have been forgiven you're not getting baptized for your sins to be forgiven you're getting baptized because your sins have been forgiven. Follow it? Okay. So he says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Okay. Now, again, it has nothing to do with, with, with salvation. It is because we have been saved that we are to be baptized. Okay. So there is a progression here. We repent, we, we repent of our sin, we put our faith and trust in Christ, we receive the Holy Ghost, right? That's, that's the order. We know that's what Scripture teaches. Then we are to get baptized. That shows what we've just been talking about, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? It's that outward identification, that outward profession of faith, Okay? But then, and, and this is something I think is very important that we, that we notice here, he says, and then ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, right? Now, go with me back to, um, I think it's back in Acts chapter 19 where we were a minute ago. In Acts chapter 19, notice this passage here. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost, since ye believed? So, had these people believed? According to Paul, they had. They were disciples, and he says they had believed, right? So watch the question. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. They said, What are you talking about? What's the Holy Ghost? And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? They said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John, verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So interesting. Paul comes to Ephesus. He finds these believers. Paul says they were believers. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost? They said, we don't understand what you're talking about. What do you mean the Holy Ghost? How, how did they not know about the Holy Ghost? I mean, let's, let's work through this with me, right? He comes to Ephesus, he finds these believers. They said, we're not, we don't really understand what the Holy Ghost is. So, if these were believers, did they have the Holy Ghost? I'm not trying to trick you up here, right? This is not a trick question, Okay. If these are believers, did they receive the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Joe? Right, absolutely. So these are believers that had believed before Jesus' crucifixion, right? They had been around John's teaching. They had heard about John's teaching. They had believed when John was saying, hey, repent, and you're going to believe on the one who's going to come, right? Well, again, we don't know the whole, we don't know the whole story here, but somehow these guys, again, Ephesus is not near Jerusalem, I'm not sure if you knew that, okay? It's not near Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem is way down in Israel, right? Ephesus is way up in Asia Minor, part of Turkey. So not close. So somehow, between the time that these guys had heard John preach and believed, they traveled. We don't know why, we don't know what reason or whatever, but they had left where they were at and went North. Well, during that time, guess what happens? Something very important. Uh, Jesus Christ dies on the cross. He's buried. He rises again. Um, He is ascended. He's been here forty days, and then he ascends back to the Father. Uh, The Church of Jerusalem gets started, and now Paul is out preaching. Paul has gotten saved. So, from the time that these guys believed until Paul shows up, has been a couple of years now, right? It's been several years. And so John says, hey, you guys are believers, right? He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we're not really sure what the Holy Ghost is. They said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Well, why haven't they heard? Because they haven't been around. They weren't around the church. They weren't around during this time. But they were believers, okay? And he said unto them, what then were you baptized? They said unto him, John's baptism. So they had been baptized by John, right? Looking forward to the coming Messiah, okay? But then, notice it's interesting, what does Paul say? Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So John or Paul is saying, hey, yes, you believe before the Messiah, but That was, you weren't sure who Jesus was. You didn't know that the Messiah was Jesus. Okay? So, this, all that took, transpired was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, before his earthly ministry, right? These guys had believed over here. They had followed John. They believed John's message. They had repented. But, and they had been baptized by John's baptism, but then they took off. Well, now we're on the other side of the cross. Jesus has come, he's been uh, crucified, buried, resurrected, Jesus has sent it back, now the church is being started, and Paul says, what's going on? They say, well, we were baptized by John's baptism, and Paul says, well, that's, that's great, I'm glad you believe, but that was before his death, bread, and resurrection, now that you have believed, you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? You're, again, you're identifying with this one who had died, who was buried and rose again, Jesus Christ. Before, in their baptism, there was no identification with Christ because they didn't know it was Christ that was going to be the Messiah. So now that they have believed, again, they've, they've already believed. Paul is telling them who it is. It's Jesus, right? And they say, yeah, that's the one we wanted to believe in. Right? We we're waiting for him to come. He says, now you need to be baptized an identification with him. You're identifying with him. And so what happens? They, they get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, Okay. And then watch what happens. When Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So here's what happens. They've believed uh, over here. They get baptized again, identifying with Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, his resurrection. They're, they're believing in the one who died for them. Okay? And now notice what it says. Then Paul laid his hands upon them and they received the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost came upon them. So wait a minute, why is Paul laying his hands on them and they receive the Holy Ghost? Is that when somebody receives the Holy Ghost then? Do, they receive, do we receive the Holy Ghost when somebody lays hands on us or do we receive the Holy Ghost when we get saved? When We get saved? But what's the problem here? What's the problem? When was the Holy Ghost given? When was the Holy Ghost given? Was not the Holy Ghost given after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? So if these were saved before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when they believed, did they receive the Holy Spirit? They did not. Are you following me? Some of you are looking at, wait a minute, Pastor, I thought you... Remember, the Old Testament saints did not receive the Holy Spirit at salvation when they believed. That is something that was given to New Testament after his death, burial, and resurrection. Right? Now that's what happened at the day of Pentecost. From that point on, every believer receives the Holy Spirit at salvation. But these guys had believed before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember, I said Acts is a transitional book. Right? You've got it, you've got to keep all the pieces together. You can't just grab and pick whatever you want. Okay? These guys had believed before Jesus had ever been. Um, Proclaimed as the Messiah His death and resurrection So when they believed They didn't receive the Holy Spirit At salvation Now on this side of the cross Everybody who believes Like even today if somebody believes today They immediately receive the Holy Spirit Because we're on this side But before they did not Is everybody Everybody understanding here real quick Okay, Um, And so Not only did they receive the Holy Spirit, but also, and and we just don't have time to get into this other passage, but the the Holy Spirit was also evidence of salvation, okay? Um, Like what we just saw in Acts chapter 10. How did they know that they had received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10? Go back there with me real quick, really, really quick. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 44, Peter yet spake the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. They of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So how did they know that these people had received the Holy Ghost? They were speaking in tongues. Right? They were speaking in tongues. Now, does that mean every person that receives the Holy Ghost is going to speak in tongues? No. No, no, no. Did those that we just read in Acts chapter 19, did they start speaking in tongues after they received the Holy Ghost? Why here? Because the Jews did not believe that Gentiles could be saved. And that's why they are astonished. Did you notice that? They're astonished. These Jews, these believing Jews are amazed that Gentiles can be saved. And there's no doubt in their mind that they are saved because they have the gift of the Holy Ghost. They're able to speak in tongues, which they know only the Holy Ghost can give them. They're amazed by this, right? We are out of time. All right. Um, We'll have to... I really was hoping to wrap this up today, but I guess not. I guess we'll look at it next week too, all right? Um, so if, if, if you've got a question about something that I've said, please uh, let me know, text me, email me, write it down, whatever, um, and we'll try to finish up uh, this, next, this next Sunday, all right? God bless you. You're dismissed. We'll have a break for uh, our morning worship service. falling in love with